everyone. My name is Kirk Bachman, and welcome back to The Ultimate Dish. In today's episode, we are featuring Lauren Lewis, a chef with expertise in plant-based cuisine and a chef who has cooked for a list of very prestigious names. In addition to being a personal chef and running a culinary education business for almost 20 years, Lauren is also an accomplished yogi and is deeply passionate about bringing together the concepts of food and movement in living a better life. Join us today as we chat with Lauren about her thoughts on food, health and wellness, yoga, and the keys to a happy, healthy life. Lauren, I am so excited to see you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Are you at home right now? You're in Boulder, right? Yep. I'm yeah. here in Boulder. What about this rain? Is this insane? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. (laughs) Do you mitigating all the fire season that's coming up? So absolutely, absolutely. So let's kick this off. You know, we've known each other for a minute, and I'm really digging the plant based cuisine movement in this country. So is that the type of cooking that sort of helped you become a chef, or were you just chefing and then became interested in plant based cuisine? I think it's twofold. I grew up in a household where my mom lived in the kitchen. She was an amazing chef and she still does. Every time I call her, she's cooking something. And so I also had two grandmothers that both were the same, one Russian, one Italian. And so I was just immersed in food culture for my whole life. And I found it to be like the absolute most nourishing thing just to cook food and eat together. So I had a deep love for food, cooking, and community that way. But at a very young age, I stopped eating meat and started eating a plant-based diet. I was 11. And so that felt at a time almost like a step in the direction of activism for me to be able to create really delicious food and have the pathway to people's changes be through their stomach. (laughs) People love to eat. And so I thought if I can cook really good vegan food, plant-based food, then maybe a few more people will consider a bit more of a plant-based diet. And so I think it was two-part. I love to cook and I care deeply about animal welfare and the environment. Beautiful, beautiful. And and your mom supported that move at that time when you were 11? Totally. She bought like every plant-based cookbook she could find and just started going for it. And so it was, I was fully supported, which was a complete privilege. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I know we've had conversations and talked about the rhythm of cooking. Did you think at 11 already that you had found a rhythm in cooking or did that come much later? That came much later for sure. (laughs) I, (laughs) I think I started to understand healing food and whole foods toward the end of college. I think I started my plant-based journey as like, if it's plant-based, I'll eat it or cook it. And then I realized that holistic health is a lot more focused than that. And so I had the privilege of going to a culinary school, the School of Natural Cookery that was completely focused on holistic cooking, whole foods-based cooking, rather than just if it's vegan, eat it. And That's where I think true health came from, eating mostly whole foods, looking at how things grow, cooking with the seasons, listening to your body's intuition, eating what you crave, that kind of thing. Powerful, powerful. I have to ask before we go forward. So 
I've heard this story a couple of times. We've talked about it a little bit, but is there a little bit you can share about becoming the personal chef for a period of time for the sitting governor of the state of Colorado, <laughs> Mr. Paulus? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a great honor. I was the personal chef for Governor Polis and First Gentleman Marlon Reese for over 10 years. And I still have the privilege of occasionally cooking in the governor's mansion. I think it all started with the First Gentleman desiring to become vegan. And he's a huge animal welfare advocate. I look up to him very much. He's used his power to make some important changes for our furry friends and, and the environment. And so he's awesome. They're both wonderful. And I was nervous the first time I cooked I for bet, them, but then I it bet. became. <laughs> and the guests that they invite. They're just like anyone right? else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Through all the fundraising campaigns, I got to cook as he was stepping toward becoming governor. And so I met a variety of amazing people, including someone that I absolutely look up to, Nancy Pelosi. And so it was a fun journey and it still continues to be. That's great. That's great. So when it comes to health and wellness, can you share a little bit for our audience how that comes to play in your life? Yeah, I would say yoga, fitness, exercise, eating mostly whole foods are pillars of my lifestyle. They're not just what I talk about. I definitely live that way. I also think that pleasure and enjoyment and satisfaction are important factors in a healthy and whole life. And so it's not about always limiting yourself or pushing yourself to fatigue, but rather listening and softening when you need to, taking a break, eating something that's super yummy, that's not necessarily super healthy, you know, all those yeah. <laughs> things. It's a, it's a complex matrix of, of factors to create whole health. Do these two passions of yours, food and, and yoga, do they align? Yeah. <laughs> I almost see them as a same practice because yoga asks us to pause and listen and feel and just get clear with what's happening. And so does cooking. You have to have all your senses engaged, especially as a personal chef, which I was for so many years you know, five pots going the oven, a pressure cooker, chopping, and you just have to be there in the moment. And yoga asks that of you also. And so whenever we can engage in the moment, we're really noticing what's right in front of us. And I think that's one of the, the most powerful things we can do in any given moment, whether we're playing with our child or mountain biking or all those things. So the practice of presence and listening. Um, and Checking in with intuition, it might sound kind of like cliche yoga teacher to say that, but we all have this inner guide and there's so much information coming at us all the time that sometimes it's easy to lose sight of a deeper knowing, like I should be eating this way. I need to prioritize cooking. I can't eat at a restaurant every single day and expect long-term sustainable health. So yeah, they align for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I know and for our audience... Lauren hosts a couple of yoga sessions virtually right now for a coffee a couple times a month. And, and I know I need that, even if it's just to hear your voice and talk me oftentimes, not necessarily off the ledge, but just <laughs> calm me down a little bit to get through the day. It's very, very peaceful for me. And I, I greatly appreciate it. Are there some misconceptions, Lauren, that people have about plant-based cooking and eating? 
Yeah. And that actually sparked a thought that there's misconceptions about yoga and cooking in general, which is that you have to be good at it to do it. Yeah. And you I'm really not don't need <laughs> at all. <laughs> You're great. You're I could perfect. cook. I could cook. Oh yeah. But uh, yes, the yoga is painful. It is. But <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But just starting where you are, and then in terms of plant-based, I'd say the biggest misconception is that it's limiting or bland, when in fact, I think that it opens us up to an entirely new set of ingredients because you start to look a little more closely at what's growing in the world. And it's endless. The bounty is really endless. We are so lucky. And especially living here in Boulder, we have access to so many different small markets and big ones, and we can get such diverse ingredients that... There's new flavor profiles and it's all new. There's such a newness to this genre that we're creating things that may have never been created or at least in mainstream. And so there's an opportunity for some really exciting dishes to come out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Coming back to the running of a business and in your health, is it hard to balance? You're so busy. I follow you on social media. You're constantly engaging with people. Any advice for those who find difficulty in balancing their work with their family, their priorities, whether it's school or work or whatever, not to put you on the spot, but everyone's listening. What do we do, Lauren? What do we do? (laughs) Oh, I wish I had the answer. Um, I am often a little busier than I want to be. So my constant work is to say no more. That's like a mantra in my life. Say no. I think that if something is deeply inspiring, it's worth it to push yourself a little bit. And I find myself doing that often. But paring down the things that don't light you up. I could do so many things that are just mundane. And and when I clear space, something new comes up that's way more exciting. Sometimes I think it's easy to get stuck in doing things that are just what we're used to rather than what are feeding us, so to speak. Interesting. Interesting. But it's a balancing act. I haven't got it dialed in. I think it comes back to intuition. Like, is this exciting for me? Do I want to be doing this with my precious time? And if not, no matter how scary it is, drop it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and, and has that taken a long time to get to that place? What you you said to say no? (laughs) Yes. I I find that very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You do. I I like to say yes. Yeah, I get it. It's been a journey also for me. I, when I graduated from culinary school, my mantra, my motto was to say yes and figure it out. And I always teach students that say yes. If you get offered a job, say yes and figure out how to do it. (laughs) And now my personal one based on the busyness and fullness of my life, and especially including parenting a six-year-old is say no. (laughs) And uh, it's working right now. Because that gives you time back in the day, right? For what you believe is important or what you need to be important. I think at some point I started to relate busyness to self-worth. Like the more I do, the more on my to-do list, the better of a person I am or something like that, which was completely fabricated and actually not serving me or my family or my work. So with that said, tough question coming, what's the easiest path or way to start to incorporate more health, more wellness into our lives. Pretend you're just talking to me, Kirk, this is what you need to do. 
because I'm kind of built that way, right? So if I do this on Monday, I told you the other day, I got the rower. So so I've got that down, right? Every morning, I've got my rowing routine and, awesome. and I feel good. Yeah, I feel good about it. But there's pushback. Even when I'm talking with my staff about focusing on health and focusing on themselves, but I have this, I have this deadline and I have that and I have this. So there's pushback, right? And any advice, you've already said say no, but <laughs> there's got to be baby steps, right? That help us get to a place where we, we feel that we're doing the right thing every single day. I'm not sure if it's one size fits all because I'm the kind of person that needs small bites. I used okay. to keep using these food terms, but small bites (laughs) to implement. If you just say no more sugar, no more wine, exercise two hours a day, it's just not accessible. I like to have those small pleasures in my life. I, I want balance. So finding little ways to get myself if I want to change something like just adding in a class that I love. Like I love to dance. So I take a dance class every week. That's totally amazing exercise or that's for you. That's just for you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But then sometimes when we take these small measures that help us feel better, it becomes exciting to notice how good we can feel. And then it leads to more. I think accountability helps having someone that's got your back, that's watching out for you. Like, (laughs) hey, good job. Maybe (laughs) come with me to yoga or let's do a plant-based challenge or meatless Mondays or whatever it is that your goal is. It's a tricky thing. Do you have any examples of of either a client, you don't have to use names, but a client or a case study or, or someone where you are part of that success story, whether it was through coaching, through yoga, and you actually saw the transformation? I've definitely experienced that. People oftentimes hired me when they were ready for change. And sadly, sometimes they were ready for change because something major prompted it, such as cancer. So I have cooked for many, many people who are recovering from or going through treatment for cancer. And one woman comes to mind when you say that, that she had a pretty advanced stage cancer and she was in bad shape. And I cooked for her through her journey and really put all of my intention into creating food that was deeply nourishing, whole foods, plant-based, low oil, low salt, you know, like really therapeutic food. And um, I do believe that it really helped her and she made it through. And then I thought of her often and a few years went by and then she showed up in my yoga class without knowing that it was going to be oh, me wow. teaching. And wow. now she's one of my most regular yoga students and she's just and doing well and doing yes. well. And oh, that's and a beautiful grandma. story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's just one more quick one um, okay, great. that I, I cooked for kids summer camps a long time ago, probably a decade ago or more. With these little guys, it was five guys. I did it, I think, three years in a row. And I taught them how to cook without recipes. And just recently, one of them's in grad school, one of them's in college, two of them are in college. And their mom messaged me, one of the moms, and said they're proposing to their girlfriend and they're cooking the meal that they learned from your kids' camp. (laughs) Isn't (laughs) it years ago? Years ago. Isn't that something? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That made my heart like swell. That's gratifying. You mentioned cooking without recipes. Let's talk about that a little bit. And in classical French cooking, right, there are recipes. However, it's really, it's the technique. 
But I think this goes a little deeper with you, though, cooking without recipes. This is intuitive cooking, right? To some mm-hmm, degree, mm-hmm. as I've heard you say yeah, that before. Totally. Chat about that a little bit. I learned that from my mentor, Juliana Sati. She's amazing. And another mentor, Maya Keeley, that when we learn, and it is technique driven as well. So it's not that it's a free for all in the kitchen. Yeah. It's from deep. <laughs> uh, you pay attention to method you know, just as you do. And through that, and this goes back to that deep paying attention that we do in yoga, that we do in cooking, where if you pay attention to when you turn the fire up or when you broil or when you coat with oil or when you cook without oil or you cut this way, what happens? And then when you start to know that you can design the outcome without looking at a recipe. And the other really impactful thing about intuitive cooking or cooking without recipes is if I go to the store and there's an incredibly beautiful kabocha or acorn squash, and I'm like, I want to use that for dinner tonight, I can then build my whole meal around that without having to reference something. You know, I could say I can turn this into a soup or roast it and stuff it or put a sauce on it, or it just allows this freedom that turns into creativity. And creativity is, I think, for every single one of us, a requirement as part of that matrix of health, we need to be able to express ourselves. And so cooking without recipes is a form of edible self-expression. <laughs> I love pretty it. Pretty functional. I love mm-hmm. it. So many great comments. When it comes to expression and this, I'm going to call it a trend, but I think it's so much more than a trend. I think it's here to stay. I know that my family has kind of moved towards a, over the last three or four years, more plants more often. And we're really happy about it. We do dive into a few proteins, mostly when one of my chefs, who's a farmer in Fort Collins, brings me some eggs from the chickens on his farm that all have names and are taken care of very, very well. And uh, it makes us happy. What about the industry and the growing interest around plant-based cooking? In your mind, not to put you on the spot, it really is more than a trend, isn't it, Lauren? Absolutely. As I mentioned, I started at 11 and I remember visiting a friend in New York City. I grew up on the East Coast and we went to a coffee shop. I was probably 12 or 13. It was, we were with my best friend's older sister and they had soy milk on the menu. And I was like, oh my gosh, you can get soy milk at a New York City coffee shop. The world is (laughs) shifting. And that was, well... I'm 40 now. So how, how long ago was that? 17, 27 years ago? Oh my gosh. And now since then, I mean, the options are everywhere. So from a that standpoint, the world has completely shifted. It's absolutely not going back. I know so many more people that are aware of even the language around it or what it means or how to cook for someone that chooses to eat that diet. If you look at the investments and, and growing market of the food industry, I think I saw that an oat milk-based company is going for $10 billion it's unbelievable. this week. Yeah. So it's here to stay. <laughs> Absolutely. And from and an it, environmental standpoint, the, the global population simply can't sustain the amount of meat that we've been consuming, at least in the way that we've been doing it. So a shift has to happen somehow sure, for sustainability. Sure, sure. Yeah. Anything that you're able to share that you're working on right now that's real interesting? Gosh, I would say the primary things that I'm focused on right now are retreats. So I lead a Costa Rica retreat 
annually cooking and yoga. I'm looking to expand that to Colorado and I'm building a online yoga platform. So that's a little more robust than just Zoom. So we'll, we'll see. I'm also trying to bring more attention to my precious child that definitely needs me around. <laughs> I love it. So maybe I that's what it. I'm working on. So I, when the pandemic entered our lives, you pivoted pretty quickly to still connect with your yoga classes and such. Do you think some of that is here to stay or are you looking forward to being outside or in a studio or will it be a combination of, of all of the above? That's a great question. I'm still not totally sure. I think maintaining at least some degree of an online presence is going to stay. But sometimes when I'm in the basement of my little makeshift yoga studio doing Zoom classes and it's a beautiful sunny day here in Boulder, I'm like, hmm, this is probably not this is tough. exactly yeah. where I want to be. Yeah. I'm figuring well, it out. Absolutely. Well, well, we'll stay tuned. And in our sort of wrap up here in a couple of minutes that we have left, the name of the podcast is The Ultimate Dish. So Lauren, what is The Ultimate Dish? I love the acorn squash that you just threw out there intuitively <laughs> and gave me some ideas for tonight. But uh, nice. what's The Ultimate Dish? Well, I suppose... <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> is it, you know, I'm wondering, is it what I'm cooking or what someone else is cooking? I think the All the above. Thing- yeah. <laughs> okay. I think cooking, I mean, the ultimate dish is about consuming something and not just the taste of the food, but the experience, right? So my friend Maya, who you met, was my favorite chef all time. She used to make this tamales with an avocado pico de gallo and fresh Colorado green chili and like a cabbage slaw. Are you getting chills too? I'm I'm getting chills (laughs) just hearing that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And she taught me how to make it just like her and her and I both would cook that for each other. And I think that's probably if I just could have one meal in front of me right now, that would be it. Oh, and that would be lovely. Hey, I have to ask, I just remembered, I remember I popped into or I ran into you. It was a while ago. We were kind of over by Rapa there on Pearl Street and you had just mm-hmm. gotten a, I think it was an electric bike, right? Uh, yeah. Are you still rocking the electric bike? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best it, thing ever. Do you take it everywhere? I've been thinking about getting an electric bike. Oh, yeah. Don't hesitate. It's the yeah. best because, yes, I like to pedal and, and exercise, but the truth is the electric bike takes any stress about the commute out of it, and it's pure joy. Get I one. love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, so you know that we will soon be launching a plant-based program here at Escoffier. I think July is our target date. We're all pumped to go. And I know you had something to do with that. And I'm so thankful and proud of you for that. And there's a standing offer to come come teach when you want at Escoffier. Thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate that. That's so meaningful. Beautiful. Beautiful. Lauren, thanks so much for being with us today. Will you come back at some point? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on that new launch of your amazing course. Absolutely. So Making a change. Absolutely. For the better. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Chef Kirk. I appreciate you. Bye-bye.